Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Rivers Church. Many of you, if you're young enough, would have sat and watched a Pixar movie called Up. Interesting movie for kids. And Russell is the lead character in the movie. And uh, he is about to, he's one badge away from becoming a senior wilderness explorer. And they're about to have the ceremony. And just like Boy Scouts, all the dads need to be there to present their sons with a badge. And Russell hears the announcement and he turns to all his friends and he makes this pronouncement. All our dads are going to be there. And they all say, yes. And all the dads do come. And the, 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 the camp master comes and he hands a badge to each dad. And the dad then pins it on their son. And they now are the senior wilderness explorer. A tremendous role and an honor. And they go down the, and the camp master goes down the row. And as he's giving the badge that he gets to Russell. And Russell is looking up and down, up and down. And he's looking behind him. And he's looking at the doorways. But he can't see his father. And on the most important day of Russell's wilderness exploring career, his dad is nowhere to be found. You know, when I read that and uh, thought about it, I realized that that is true of many people today. Their dads are nowhere to be found on some of the most important days of their lives. Not only that, some fathers are not to be found anywhere in some children's lives. And many across these campuses would have experienced a lack of a father. I grew up without a dad. My dad was missing. Six months old, he was gone. Never heard from him. Never paid us support. And it affects the life of a young person. And it has an impact on you that carries into your adult years. And sometimes even into your 50s and 60s. Unless you're healed, it can affect your life dramatically. A father is a very important role. A very valuable role. I was reading that in America, 20 million children have an absent father. Father is just nowhere to be seen and is not in their lives. They say that's one in four children doesn't have a father present in their lives. Well, what about South Africa? Well, last year, 2018, Omo Washing Powder, they made an advertisement, and in the advertisement they said 57% of South African children grew up without a father. That statistic is old. But I want us to watch the Omo ad, just uh, under a minute, because it reveals something shocking about South Africa. Besides the absent fathers, it shows us something else. Let's have a look at it quickly. This father's day. Thank you for always being there for me. You took me to my first soccer match and clapped for me when I kicked the goal. You taught me how to build a fire, to tie a tie, and hammer a hammer. And it is important to work hard in school and to also have fun. You always said a good man is strong and kind. Gogo, you are my hero. Quite amazing. Many people have taken on the role. 57% was 2018. The figure is now 60% of children have absent fathers. 
The shocking statistics that are revealed uh, recently is that uh, only 33% of children live with both parents in South Africa. Of the remaining 67%, 39% live with their mothers, only 4% live with their fathers. Last year, 900,000 births were registered. When you register a birth, you have to put the mother and father's details on. The Department of Home Affairs said that 62% of the registered births had no father's details. We're growing up in a fatherless world, and people have issues as a result of it. In a book called Daddy Issues by Cole Brown, he talks about the three biggest mistakes that fathers make. And he says they're either absent, abusive, or aloof. They're not there. When they are there, they're rude and bolshy, or they're distant. They're doing something else. They're focused on themselves rather than on their children. Maybe that's the way they grew up. And Cole Brown goes on to say this. He says the wounds go down deep, and the wounds stay open long. This is not something you could just shrug off. This has an impact on an entire nation, and it affects the psyche and the behavior of people. It results in addictions. It results in identity issues, low self-esteem, inability to succeed, fear, uh, fear to step out and try things because you've had no support or guidance. And uh, drug abuse is very common because people just cannot get through life because they've had no authority figure leading and guiding them. Even people that are good looking and talented find this an issue. And we look at them and think, you've got everything going for you, but they have issues because they haven't had a father. Lindsay Lohan, a talented and gifted actress, has suffered terrible, terrible difficulties and addictions because of her parents being divorced and her father being absent. And um, Steve Harvey runs a talk show and he invited the parents onto the talk show, the divorced parents, to talk to them. And he asked them this question. He said, Lindsay's substance abuse struggles have been well documented. She's been in rehab at least six times. You guys as her parents, do you take any responsibility for that? And the father, Michael, 58 years old, 56 years old, he said, we were, I think, inevitably, we are responsible for that. He, he's kind of like struggling to agree to it. Uh, he, he says, we are responsible for what Lindsay did, the path that Lindsay took. Our divorce, because of our relationship, affected Lindsay to the point where she drowned her sorrows and numbed her pain, and it breaks my heart to think that. This issue is so strong, church, and, I'm, uh, and I want to build a case here before I give you the title of today's message. You can see where I'm heading here. Philip Jackson is an African-American, runs an organization called the Black Star Project, which helps uh, children in minority schools and uh, tries to build them up and tries to make up for the impact of the father's absence in their lives. And he describes the absence of fathers like this. He says, father absence in the African-American communities across America has hit those commu communities with a force of 100 Hurricane Katrinas. It is literally decimating our communities and we have no adequate response to it. That's, that's what a secular organization can say. But I want to tell you today, we do have an answer. We have God our Father. We have Jesus the Son. We have the Word of God. We have the spiritual family called the church. And we have spiritual fathers. If the pastors would be spiritual fathers, we have spiritual fathers to guide us. We're not hopeless in the face of this thing. We can change it. What we do, however, need to understand on both campuses today is this. We need to understand something called the value of a father. 
And I want to address that today, the value of a father. Because when you understand the value of a father, you, you, even as a single mother, can know how to compensate. If you as a mother don't know what a father does, and you say, well, I don't have a, my children don't have fathers, what do I do? No, no, you know how God the Father behaves. You know how the church behaves. So you bring that balance in your home and you raise balanced children, even as a single parent. But most of all, fathers need to know the value of a father so they can take their role because so many people are suffering as a result of a lack of father. So the goal of today's message is to explain the value of a father, to help fathers raise their game, to bring healing to those who are struggling and to help us understand that God the Father is the ultimate role model and the replacement for weak earthly fathers. I was reading in Ephesians again, and I want to remind you here, Exodus 20 is quoted in Ephesians 6, and it says this, honor your father and mother, notice father first, which is the first commandment with a promise, then it gives the promise that it might go well with you, that you may enjoy long life on the earth. You know what I've discovered even as pastoring a church, forget about culture, but just ministering to people in our church, it is not going well with a lot of people. And it's not because they don't have a good job, they don't have, we're not living in this great democracy. It's got nothing to do with politics, it's got nothing to do with money. It has its roots in father issues. The upbringing has deeply impacted people and they're struggling with it because they had no one to honor or they didn't honor. So there's deep resentments, bitterness, and people are struggling. And our new norm is broken families. We just don't understand how to hold families together. So there's a non-relationship with our, our earthly fathers, and as a result, a difficulty with our heavenly father, and this leads to all sorts of challenges in people's lives, and it doesn't go well with them. Fatherless homes, listen, and fatherless churches. Not every pastor of a church is a father. And I'll explain that in a moment. We'll get to that. And it's so important that we understand, because the new norm is, is, is absent fathers. You, have you spoken to people lately and discovered when you talk to people, you say, oh, are your parents still married? It's like amazing. And when people have been married longer than 10 years, it's almost like, gee, that needs to go into, what, what's that, that uh, Guinness Book of Red? Wow, wow, are you still together? Every time I mention that we've been married 46 years, people either break out in clapping or shock. Why? Because the new norm is broken lives. And, and we don't understand how important this is. You know, it's normal for 15-year-old children today to post on Instagram or Facebook, I hate my father. You say, why? It's because it's so obvious the father doesn't care. And so they say terrible things. I know my dad doesn't love me. In fact, the latest popular Facebook post, if you go on Facebook today, on Father's Day, this is the most popular, popular post. Happy Father's Day to my mom. You saw the Oma advert to those who take the role. Why? Well, where are the people who are supposed to take the role? What are they busy doing? They're focusing on themselves because they themselves didn't get parented correctly, so they don't know what to do. Chris Gardner, many of you would have heard of him. He is the character upon which the film, The Pursuit of Happiness, is based. Will Smith took the lead role in that movie. But Chris Gardner is a family man and he values fatherhood. He said it's the greatest job in the world. And I want to quote him. Fathers, no, notice this. He says there's no pay. There are no benefits. You don't get time off. You don't get a break. But once in a while, you get to see your child shine. And you say to yourself, that's my boy. That's my girl. 
How many of you know what I'm talking about today across these campuses? I want to give you four things this morning on the value of a father. Because fathering is tough, it's sacrificial, but it's extremely valuable. And when we play our role, when we take that role on, we are, we are doing what God the Father does and we're building our society. Number one, fathers give us our identity. People are struggling with identity issues in our world like never before. They don't know what gender they are. They don't know who they are. They don't know where they're going. They don't know what they're supposed to be doing. So people copy celebrities who live empty lives and think that buying clothing and makeup and motor cars and living in luxury homes is the way to live life because they don't know who they are. And those people themselves are dysfunctional if you watch their home lives. Watch the Kardashians. The, the, the father of the Kardashians is now the mother of the Kardashians. People don't know who they are. And you know, we can laugh about it and we don't want to mock anybody, but the reality is the world does not know where it's going. Some of you may have seen the film called Elf. In the movie, there's a character called Buddy the Elf, as you can see in this picture. Buddy lives with the elves, showers with the elves, eats with the elves, fixes toys with the elves, fixes Santa's uh, sleigh with the elves. Buddy, for all intents and purposes, lives like an elf, but the pity is Buddy isn't an elf. Buddy is a 35-year-old, six-foot-something man, but he doesn't know it. And as you go through the movie, the whole movie is about Buddy trying to reconnect with his absent father. And I, the article I read said this. It says... He spends the rest of the movie trying to reconnect with his human father, but in the process, he shows over and over again that he doesn't know how to be a man. He only knows how to be an elf. And that earns him constant anxiety, confusion, rejection, and humiliation in the world of human beings. But he was supposed to inherit his identity and his purpose from his father, but his father wasn't there. And while the elf part of the story might be ridiculous, this part is as real as it gets. Like Buddy, you were supposed to learn your identity and purpose from your father. But if your father was absent, abusive, or aloof, you're left without a legacy to inherit. And you're left asking, who am I? Who am I supposed to be? Where am I supposed to go? And what am I supposed to do? People are searching for identity. Two things in our world today that you can ask anyone, and you'll seldom get an answer. Why are you here, and where are you going? A large majority of people don't know why they exist, and they don't know their purpose. That's why you need to have a mission statement for your life because it clarifies God created you and he put you on the earth in difficult circumstances to honor and glorify him, to live your life to the full, to use your gifts for the benefit of others and to, the, and to glorify God. And one day when you're not here anymore, you'll be with your father in heaven. And that gives meaning and purpose to your life. But people search for it in all sorts of things. You see, that's why when Jesus was on the earth and he stepped into his ministry, a voice from the father came from heaven. And it said this, do you remember this? In Matthew chapter three, and a voice from heaven said, this is my son, identity. Whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Approval, identity, affirmation is what fathers give their children. Hey, you're a good son. You belong to this family. I'll always be with you. And I really am happy with you. And you gain places. And fathers are gone. They're trying to figure that out for themselves. And that's why people don't have identity today. But God the Father gives us that identity. Are you with me, church? God the Father gives us that identity. It says in 2 Corinthians 6, I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So we don't have to copy anybody. 
We don't have to search for identity. We can be at peace because we know who we are and whose we are. You know, so many people don't have peace. Have you noticed how many angry people are in our world today? All the shootings in America, kids going into schools and killing all their friends, adults going into post offices. They did some research and they discovered that uh, in, on Wikipedia's list of U.S. school attacks, all the people involved in them, the young men involved in them, they came from divorced homes or people who have never married in the first place. They then studied older men and discovered that they also, all the shooters that were older, with the guy in Las Vegas, they shot all those people in that square. He was also grew up fatherless. And then CNN, they've got a, they've got a list of the 27 deadliest mass shootings in U.S. history, the list has got a list of young males since 2005, and only one of them was raised by his biological father. All the others grew up fatherless, grew up in other with relatives, stepfathers, people who didn't take an interest and didn't give them a clear identity, so they've gr grown angry. Guess what? When you come to know God as your father, what happens? Peace comes. I don't have much money. I haven't much going for me. I might even not be good looking. Whatever, whatever. But I know God is my father, and I know he cares, and I know when I die, I know where I'm going. It's awesome. Now, can I say to all the fathers listening to me today, this is what you need to give your children. You need to model for God the Father what a father is like, a consistent, stable, uh, uh, supportive uh, person in their life, and you give them idea and you give them affirmation. Your job is not just to bring home the, the, the salary. That, that actually, we can do without money, but we can't do without identity. So number two, are you being helped today? In Santa they cheering. They're cheering here now. You see what happens? You just got to goad people a little bit. Number two, church. This is the second value of fathers. Fathers guide us and help us succeed. When you don't have a father guiding you and helping you succeed, you tend to be timid. You have low self-esteem. You're afraid to take risks. And a lot of people grow up hesitant. We get taught a lot in our church, you know, have a breakthrough, find a way to win, success despite circumstances, life's not fair, God is good. All these things we teach you how to handle trouble, but a lot of people say the teaching is amazing, but, you know, I just can't. It's because of the way they grew up. And it's so important that we get God the Father and our spiritual fathers to make up for what we lacked with our natural fathers. Notice the role of a father in Psalm 127. It says, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, not a nuisance, the fruit of the womb, a reward, like arrows in the hand of a warrior, not in the house of a warrior, in the hand of the warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is a man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks to his enemies in the gate. In other words, a, f a father with children around him that he's positioned and directed are going to bring him credit, and he's going to be proud of them. And that home is going to be strong. It's not going to be weak. They're not going to be overridden. But a lot of fathers don't direct their children. What people are doing today is they're saying, you know, I was forced to go to church and I hated it. So I'm just going to let them decide for themselves. No, they need to be placed in a bow and given a direction and given some impetus. This is the way you will go. And you guide your children, you direct them. And uh, the reason fathers don't do this today is because it was never done for them. They were just left to themselves. Fathers were off with girlfriends, buying another car, playing sport, as though that's life priority. Now, the only thing that we take to heaven with us is not a motor car or a rugby ball. We take people with us to heaven. And so it's important that we direct. 
The Apostle Paul here, and this is very important, he speaks as a spiritual father to the church. And spiritual father, not every pastor is a spiritual father. Let me just read these texts and then I'll explain it to you. Paul says here, as a spiritual father, 1 Corinthians 4, he says, I'm writing this not to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. I mean, you know, you can always tell whether a pastor cares about you as dear children or numbers in seats. Even if you have 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. See the differentiation. For in Christ, I became your father through the gospel, spiritual father. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. Even though I'm imperfect, God's put me here to father you. He says, for this reason, I've sent you Timothy, my son. Now, we all know Timothy wasn't his natural son, spiritual son. Watch. Whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. In other words, he's like me. He's got my DNA. I have taught him what it's like to be a son, and now he can represent me, and he will one day be a father in the house. We've got spiritual sons like that in our church. All our key team, people say to me, how come your church has got such amazing leaders? Gee, you're lucky, hey? No, no, no. We have, I've fathered them. I've taken them and directed them, helped them get their identity, helped them be themselves, but taught them, hey, this is how you speak on the platform. You don't just come up here and have a go. Having a go is for the young students who do it for five minutes. But if you're going to be a son in the house and you're going to inherit all this, you need to know how to do it. So they come up, they speak. I cheer them on. You did great. You were confident. Great scripture, Pastor Devin. Three points in the beginning. Another three points. Clear. People know what to do. That's an important principle. But I, I noticed you went over time. You've got to watch it go. Thank you, Pastor Andre. He knows I believe in him. He knows I'm here to encourage him. And he'll go further than me because he's got a father. Father's guide. People say, oh, no, you need to just let them find their gift. No, no, no. Moses had Aaron. Aaron was a better speaker than Moses. Moses didn't say, oh, Aaron, you're the man. No, no, no. Moses spoke. Aaron did what the father said. And even though Moses and him were similar age, because if you leave Aaron to himself, he'll make a calf. And they make calves at pulpits. That's why churches are split. No, Moses fathers him. In the end, when Aaron is a proper son, he inherits the priesthood. The tribe of Levi becomes the priests. So can you see how this works? And we end up with Pastor Dean and Yannette, Pastor Adi and Claire. He's my natural son, but also my spiritual son. Because you, you're guiding, you're giving them their identity, you're leading them, Pastor Paulette. All the girls and guys are spiritual sons. Ladies, you do know we are the bride of Christ, but you're sons of God. So Paul writes here again, 1 Thessalonians 2, I love this. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God. Fathers, you're supposed to get your children to serve God, not drink and fight. Some fathers, hey, go give him a clap. No, 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 stealing, lying, cheating. No, this is, I'm gonna guide you and I'll give you identity in Christ and you're gonna go further than me. Now, how, what's the difference between a, a pastor who's a father and a pastor who's not? It's not the size of the church. You see, what's the, what's the difference between a father who's a father and a father who's a father and he's not? Someone's got children, doesn't mean they're a father. See, when a father has children and he's not a proper father, guess what? He only cares about himself. Cares about his money, his sport, his mag wheels, his car, sleeping around with girlfriends, going away for the weekend with his buddies, staying out all night drinking. He doesn't care about his children. He is a father, but he's not. Now you get pastors. 
They have large churches, but ultimately it's about themselves. All the tithes are about them. Their book sales are about them. They travel around the world because it's about them. They don't care about, oh, I'm away from our church. No, it's all about them. They don't have sons. They've got employees and bodyguards. Are you with me? And that's why South Africa is being duped because we've got a fatherless generation who are looking for fathers and can't recognize them. We've got true sons and true fathers. We're not ashamed to say it. It's not a pride thing. It's a reality. You need to know how to discern. Then you won't be caught out. And fathers guide you and direct you. And we've got all sorts of wonderful people in our church who are being raised up. And people are amazed at it. But there's a spiritual principle here. Philip Jackson says this. He's the executive director of the Black Star Project that I mentioned, and they focus on getting fathers to guide their children and help their children succeed. And one of the things they do is they started what's called the Million Father March. And you know what they did? They tried to get fathers just to walk their children to school on the first day of school. 200,000 fathers, or sorry, 300,000 fathers did this in 127 cities, and they're wanting to get it to a million. And he said this, he said, the children start thinking, wow, my father is here. This thing called education, this must really be important because my father took the time off to come here. You want to know why people can't succeed? It's because they've got no father urging them and helping them. Some of the greats in the world, you look at their success, you think it's just talent. No, the father's behind. Serena, Serena Williams. She strove to, to, to be the very best, but they say she didn't play for history. She didn't play for the tournaments. She played for her father. And uh, she's known to have said this, he's been the most important person in my career. It all started with an idea, it was his idea, it changed sports and it changed history. 2015, she won the Miami title for the eighth time and her dad was in another city, he couldn't be there. She said, I would like to dedicate this to my dad. He's not here, I miss him, dad, I hope you're watching. I love you, daddy, this one's for you. Now church, if you don't have that in your life, you've got God the Father. And he's now the one who you're doing it for. This one's for dad. And dads, when you do it, do, it, do this one for dad in heaven. I'm parenting my son like you parent me, Lord. Number three, the third one is this. Is this helping anyone today? Fathers free us from a lack of life balance. A lack of life balance. What do I mean by that? Do you know a lot of people are driven to succeed? They don't just want to succeed. They're driven unnatural that's why they work 24 hours a day they they stay away from home they become obsessed with money and possessions everyone should earn a living and do well and, and enjoy the fruit of their labors and it's not wrong to have possessions but that obsession with it when I was a young person in my in my business when I was newly saved I was obsessed I could, I could hardly stop working you know why I tried to prove that I would not be like my father who abandoned me I'd be a good father, I'd be a good provider, I'd buy, one day buy a house for my kids, I wouldn't do what my father did to my mother and, and I wouldn't do that to Vilma, I'd make sure she was helped, my kids get the very best. As a result, I was driven. It's because I didn't have a father, I had to learn a balance. Work hard, but then go home. And I often have to tell my staff, because we do still work so hard as a team, go home, your family's important. And Sean will tell you, I've told him at times, just wrapping this up, Pastor But we're learning that balance more and more because it's an unhealthy balance. And a father needs to tell you, hey, just chill. It's time to stop now. And people struggle with life balance. Some people, they've had a disapproving father. I'm going to show you. Watch you. I'm going to show you. you. You think I'm no good. I'm going to be better than you. 
So they buy cars, they go around to their parents, check my BM, the dad comes out, oh yeah, probably stole it. No, and they can't do anything to impress their parents. I heard of one guy, his father is so hard, he's a Christian, his father's a Christian, his father is so hard on him. When he goes to his father's house, the father lets his dog bite him. What kind of people have we got? You want to know why we've got problems? Why we're insecure? Why we can't strike a balance? Because we're trying, to, we're trying to compensate for this. And then there's fathers who set such high standards. Their kids can't live up to. Why can't you be like your brother? Why can't you be like other people? Eventually there's despair in people's lives. And they're hurting. But we need to come to God the Father. And fathers, you need to help your children strike a balance. Work hard. Be disciplined. Do what you're supposed to do. Be responsible. But then have a break and have some fun. And church, that's how we need to be. Some churches, they have no fun. It's intense. They had to come to your house, sit at your table. We're going to pray. And don't be so intense when you're at home. Don't pretend. Come, we're going to pray. Father God, in Jesus' name, we call upon you at this table. Just get a grip, man. Just say, thank you, Lord, for this food in Jesus' name. Amen. And everyone smiles and they tuck in because they're hungry. The food's getting cold. Don't prophesy and read the book of Isaiah. Strike a life balance. Go at it hard and then rest. Are you with me? That's why people don't understand Rivers Church. When we're in here, we're serious. No one's walking around. We're not going to the toilet. We're not disinterested. We're engaged. We're making notes. Things are on the screen. Why? Because we're serious. Let me come out. We hang out. We hug people. We eat. We have a nice coffee. We have a samosa. If you're not Indian, you have a toasted sandwich. <laughs> are you with me? But fathers are the ones who direct us in the home. And they create the atmosphere. Number four, fathers help us relate to authority. Have you noticed in South Africa that people don't respect authority? A red light is a suggestion to be careful. Not to stop. Hey, a stop street is just a general warning that there's a four-way area there. It doesn't, people just don't respect authority. And the reason is, is we've not been taught to respect authority because you've had a father that's not worthy of respect. So anyone in authority, you don't respect. That's why pastors are struggling to get people to follow. Uh, people sit with their arms folded. And if you're sitting with their arms folded, just relax. People sit with their arms, <laughs> sit with their arms folded uh, and uh, pastors talk, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, why should I listen to you? Yeah, you want my money? Yeah, I saw your, saw your car outside. Yeah, yeah. No, and there's no trust anymore. Why? Because the authority figures in our lives are not worthy of trust. But we've got to remove ourselves from that and look at God the Father. Then we've got to look at earthly fathers who, though not perfect, God has put in authority. Then we've got to look at spiritual leaders who, though not perfect, if their lives are measure up and they are trying to be fathers, you say, well, they're not perfect, but... Because it's God's structure. But today, we, parents just let their kids do what they like. Go to restaurants. My, my, my son and his wife and my grandchildren in Belito were sitting on the patio of a restaurant. Do you know what a child did? A child took a plate and threw it off the top balcony, just missed my granddaughter's head, and landed on the table and shattered. And then they're all up there were laughing, and the parents were like, <laughs> sorry, eh? Well, the manager, my son went and called the manager. He said, hey, this is unacceptable. Sorry, if those people want to apologize, is this what's happening in restaurants in South Africa? So the manager wanted to pay for the food and everything. He tried to make up for it. He at least thought it was wrong. But today people are letting their children express themselves. 
and it's called good. No, God sets boundaries. Father set boundaries. And authority is important. King David had a son called Absalom. He was a good-looking man, long hair, talented. He had everything going for him. And the girls went, oh. But he killed his brother. And as a result, David banished him. And so because of his poor father relationship, he ended up in rebellion, tried to take the kingdom. Not only did he try and take the kingdom, he slept with his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. There's that something in you that doesn't just say, I'm not listening to you, it wants to get back at you. That's why we've got so much violence in us. Everything boils down to God the Father and the family. We think we create more laws. And, and by the way, we have these days. We're going we're gonna to have a day or a month. We're going to celebrate Women's Month. No, every day is Women's Day. Every day is Father's Day. You can't have one day to fix problems that took a lifetime to create. And people put their hope in these things. No, we need to go, go to God. And we need authority in our lives. And so people yearn for that. That's why, that's why in South Africa, people are putting themselves under pastors and allowing pastors to abuse them. Because when you haven't had an authority figure, now suddenly you've got one, you'll give them everything. Even your body if you're not careful. And so pastors manipulate people, take their money, have sexual intercourse with them. And it's not God's plan. We go from the dysfunctional family out there to the dysfunctional family in here. And God is calling us to teach this stuff in soundness. These are issues. Jesus was a strong authority figure, but we can count on him and he won't abuse us. Isn't that true? And God is our father. So this morning as I come to a close, I want to address three groups of people. And let me say this. You know, the apostle Paul said, as I come to a close, then he went on for two chapters. That's what I'm going to do. I want to say a bit more here. I'm not about to wrap up in a few minutes. I want to say a few things here. I firstly want to speak to this group of people. I want to speak to the single parents today, especially the single mothers. You might be sitting here saying, gee, my husband left. Yes, I wish he was there. Gee, this message, I wish he could. I'm going to send him the CD. No, you need to embrace what fathers do and bring it into your home. That's what my mother did. She became both mother and father. She was loving. She cooked. She nurtured. She made a lovely home for us on a, on, on a very little income. But then she put down strong boundaries. She said, my boy, I'm going to discipline you. Some of you know an Afrikaans word that is similar. But she set a strong boundary. She forced me to go to work. She made sure I didn't laze around. She made sure I cleaned my room. We had to do chores in the house. My sister's here today. She'll, she'll bear witness to that. She was a strong disciplinarian, taught us strong boundaries, made us lay the table every night. We're not getting visitors. No, you lay the table, knife, fork, spoon. There's no pudding. I'll make pudding. No, listen. She understood there's no man. And I want this boy and this girl to grow up balanced. So she impl imp implemented things that men do so that she wasn't just molly coddling. Do you know why men are growing up not knowing their gender today? It's because there's so much mothering and no father. Men grow up and don't know who they are because there's no role model. My mother made sure there was both of those so that a balanced identity could be created. Balanced identity is not created by us being nice to every person that wants to call. We're going to start calling ourselves sticks eventually. I want to be called a stick. You're a human. Oh, I'm offended. You didn't call me a stick. Okay, you're a stick. Please. Oh, we've gone mad. We've got to follow what God says. So if you're a single parent, I want you to know this. God the Father is your role model. And the spiritual house is here to help you on this journey. And I want to say this to you. You can do it. You can do it. The second group of people I want to speak to are the fathers in the house. 
I want you to not let culture dictate what kind of a father you are. Let God the Father and the spiritual house help you. Break the mold, because there's like a mold of what a father is in South Africa. I read a fascinating story, this lady called Robin Price Pierre. She uh, walked down the street with her husband and noticed that every time they went out, people stared at them, people smiled at him particularly, and it wasn't because he was good looking. They, they, they were astonished to see that her and her, her husband, African-American, he was pushing the pram with her daughter in it. And she said, man, I realized that the passers-by were encountering a scene that's mostly invisible in mainstream culture. A black man is a devoted parent. This realization inspired her. She runs a publishing company called 21, 28 Inc. And she inspired her to write a book called Fathers with pictures in it. And, and, it, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it explains and explores black fatherhood in depth. And it depicts the relationship between fathers and their children, all black, black fathers and their children. And she says, the book serves as an important corrective, challenging dominant culture that tends to disparage, discredit, or underestimate black men. The book explores facets of its subjects' lives. You've got Eric, who protectively embraces his children, expressing joy, knowing that he helped his children become sensitive, caring, empathetic, thoughtful human beings. Donnell, posing with his son on his birthday, proudly wears a Superman t-shirt emblazoned with Papa. Jermaine, fearful of messing up dotes on his daughter. Pernell, walking hand in hand with his child, affirms that raising a young lady is not the sole responsibility of the mother. They're breaking the mold. That's what the church is called to do. And I want to say, let's not underestimate any person of any color. Let's say, we don't care what culture says. This is what Rivers Church people are going to do. This is what kingdom people are going to do. We're going to value fathers. And we're going to take a new role. Don't be aloof. Don't be abusive. Don't be absent. Take your place under Father God and let's model fatherhood and let's see God change our nation. Then lastly, I want to speak to people in the room here and in Santon. If you've been hurt or wounded or you feel that the father issues in your life have deeply wounded you, I want God to heal you and to get your heart back on Father God as your role model and on your spiritual house where you can, where you can learn what fatherhood truly is. Because God doesn't want us to suffer from these wounds and he doesn't want us to continue with broken hearts. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. And you know what the wonderful thing is? When you call on God, he hears and he knows our fatherlessness and he responds. Ishmael in the Bible was driven out into the wilderness and I'm nearly done, just giving you a heads up. Ishmael was driven out by his father, Abraham. God said, drive out the boy. So Hagar and, and, and this boy, he's, he's, he's just a young teen, are driven out into the wilderness. And the boy feels vulnerable and he calls on God. And I want us to read it quickly because the text speaks so wonderfully. It says, when the water in the skin was gone, because she took water with, she put the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went off and sat down a bow shot away. For she thought, I cannot watch the boy die. Some single parents feel like that. It's like your children are dying, literally dying in their personalities. And as she sat there, she began to sob. Now I love this. God heard the boy crying. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what's the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. I love this. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand. For I will make him into a great nation. Even though he doesn't have a father, watch him. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. She went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. 
God was with the boy as he grew up. Love this. He lived in the desert and became an archer. God hears our cry. He comes to us and we become. We don't have to stay broken. We don't have to stay fatherless. God the Father comes and does something new in our lives. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message.